Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to another episode of the Beat Orm Podcast. I'm your co-host, Don the Piz Elevert, joined as always by Justin Jericho Turner. And we are two former college roommates getting together a couple decades later to talk about life, business, media, culture, entertainment, and everything in between. Let's go. came extra extra today <laughs> tell people what before we even get into what you're drinking in your in your in your giant man goblet that you always have what is up with the outfit i love it i'm i'm, I'm rocking uh black owned which if if y'all know me uh it's a thing for me and uh i'll i'll take us a little bit off on a little bit of a, a tangent just buy black america you don't have to be black to buy black like just help us out we need all your money all right um i'm rocking uh it's a it's a i got a poncho west african print with a hood i got the headband joint which is also from another black owned vendor um hmm. so i'm you know I was I wanted to come hard today because I knew uh just for the people we are recording on Mother's Day. Uh although it will be after Mother's Day by the time y'all hear our lovely voices. Um it, it it's a it, it's a complicated day for me cuz I lost my mom 6 years ago. Uh but I've gotten to a point now where you know I I think it's important to remember all the mothers, you know, because we're in that age group now where a lot of our friends are mothers now. Um, and then, you know, it's 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 why why this country <laughs> hates women so much <laughs> starts to get on my nerves. Like it, it 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 gets under my skin in a way that uh, we've talked about this on the pod before. America hates women more than it hates any other group. Uh, and it, it doesn't feel that way because that's how America has intended for it. It's like the, the gaslighting from day one where America is the land of the free. We're good to women, except America does its best to subjugate half of the country, which I'm sure we'll get into later, but that's the energy I was in, and I just wanted to get. I, I was I was super militant when I woke up this morning, Piz. So I was like, "All right, when we record, I'm, I'm I'm coming. I'm coming with that. I'm coming with that black fire." <laughs> I feel you. I mean, you always come with that black fire, but you definitely you br- you bring in that that like that. Uh, I guess that blue flame today <laughs> isn't that yeah, isn't that yeah, when yeah. it's like when it's like extra hot. When it's hot right, but right, first right. off, um, um, rest in power to your mom who I had the pleasure of meeting once, once back in the, back in the day, I believe at, uh, back in left rack, actually back at your yeah, crib yeah. once when I came and back kicked the it there. Um, shout out to my mom, shout out to my, uh, sister who's a mom and all the, the moms in my life. I can't get to everybody, but those are two important ones I want to shout out. But I think you bring up a great point. I think when mother's day comes around a lot of the time, what we forget is the, the moms who aren't here. In fact, I was, uh, right before we were recording, um, my partner, was just telling me that she's actually going up to 
um, hang out and, and, and with a friend of hers who is feeling a little down today because her mom also passed away years ago. So um, that's a forgotten thing about Mother's Day as much as we celebrate. There's a lot of people who it brings a lot of emotion for. And um, I even we even had a conversation where I wasn't even sure if you'd want to record on this day. But for the reasons you just said, I know, you know, you're going to power through and do this. So but definitely want to give a shout out to all the moms who are here and all the moms up above, especially like you said in this. I have no idea why we're dealing with the situation where mothers and motherhood is under attack or in some controversy in our modern day society in the U S once again, but you know, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a little bit, but first, (laughs) before we get heavy, before we get heavy, what, uh, what you got today in your goblet, son? Ah, this is a, it's another pastry stout. Uh, it's chocolate crumb cake pastry stout. Very good. Not quite as sweet. Chocolate crumb cake. Thick. <laughs> Weren't you drinking dessert. fuzzy, f- fuzzy, fuzzy, wuzzy Willy Wonka last chocolate factory last week? <laughs> definitely was. I definitely was. <laughs> the title was a tongue twister. It definitely was. That <laughs> shit was mad thick. Like, I, I, if y'all, listen, I know a lot of people listen to us, but go on to YouTube and just take a look at that shit because it, it, like, it left a film like from the top of the glass all the way down, I had to chew the bottom of my beer, America. Like that was that's yeah. that's wild. That's wild. This, this one looks more not, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one looks more standardized. <laughs> like that to me, I'm like, oh, you are you're actually drinking a a, a stout or of some sort right now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. What yeah. you got there though? Because I know you uh, you just kicked COVID, so. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of up, one of part one of the reasons why I to let people know one of the reasons why we're recording on uh, a Sunday um, is because we were supposed to record days ago, but I after I I believe it was our very first episode, not our pilot episode, but episode one of the mm-hmm. Beat On podcast that we recorded after the holidays, and I was talking about uh, probably jinxed myself by talking about how I dodged and played that Matumbo level defense on that Omicron back in December. Um, that, that Omerion as, as I affectionately called it. But then there's these variants out here. Now they got that stealth Omerion um, that I started to call in uh, the Omari Hardwick. Because <laughs> that joint is so strong and stealthy. That's no disrespect to Omari Hardwick. Cause it's strong and stealthy right. and uh, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm strong, but I'm not quick. So anything stealthy makes me nervous. <laughs> and it, uh, it got me, it got me, it got me. I, I, you know, I'm someone who, despite, despite the fact that I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted. I had uh, uh, the OG COVID like a, what a year and a half, two years ago when I don't even know how long this pandemic has been going on anymore. Right. Um, and I got boosted in February, but whatever, just, I just throw this out there, a warning to people. What is the one that's going around now? I found out since I found, got it, I already found out about like half a dozen people in my world of peoples who got it. Like, watch out. This one is, is coming fierce and it's busting through, uh, um, immune systems. So I told myself that, um, I, uh, I told myself that I wouldn't have alcohol until I test negative and got all that 
um, ghost particles <laughs> for those that watch power <laughs> out of my system. Um, so I actually don't have an alcoholic beverage, which you don't need to have an alcoholic beverage to have fun. In fact, I'm still drinking sexy, my man. I got beet juice, carrot juice, uh, celery juice, and ginger all in one. It's called a detox juice. Oh, that's good. Um, my only beef is they filter it a little too much at some of these spots. I didn't make it myself, so, you know, it doesn't have as much of that pulp as I need like. That, but need that, need that pulp. But yeah, pulp. but right now, beyond more than the fiber, I need the vitamins and minerals. So I'm getting those into the system. And, you know, we here. I'm here. I'm alive. I can talk. And Word. in my opinion, <laughs> I'm drinking responsibly in terms of we usually hear just drink responsibly in terms of not drinking and driving. But they're drinking responsibly in terms of in terms of the actual vehicle that you drive in life, which is your body, your right. temple. So I think. There's no way to drink sexier than drinking responsibly. I got COVID, <laughs> but I was lucky enough to, to get COVID after my uh, 25th high school reunion. Shout out to Regis High School. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to a few peeps. Uh, my man who listened to us religiously that when I, that I was talking to at high school reunion, my man. Um, Osman, my man, um, Benson, uh, and my man, Harold. Um, I'm sure they'll probably hear this because they listen all the time. And when I was talk talking to them, they one of them reminded me, yo, we said we were going to talk about, we said we were going to do another dirty word segment. And we specifically said we were going to talk about a dirty word, science. Oh, no. And I think today is a good time to talk about this dirty word because this is going to come back around later in this episode. But So we need to lay some groundwork. And so, Justin, why has science become a dirty word? Ooh, science. Uh, all right. Well, we all know that in this country, our political atmosphere has become toxic. And so anything that falls into our political atmosphere then is also poisoned. And once science fell into the political sphere. It just, it, it got sullied, man. And I mean, science has been controversial, right? Throughout human history. There, there are things that were established norms that were then challenged and improved otherwise. Science in and of itself, as a word, I'm not Webster, but I think I can define it. It's the, it's the, it's how we explain things. Right. It's how we explain the things that happen in our world, the things that happen in our bodies, the things that happen in our universe. Science in and of itself mm -hmm. is fine. That's not it, that's not the problem. It's the application of science that has become the problem. And so you have <laughs> politicians who have all of a sudden become scientific experts. Uh, making all kinds of claims that they are not qualified to make. And we have a citizenry that is becoming increasingly reliant on social media for their knowledge, which of course feeds into science becoming a dirty word. Because if someone who's popular 
let's say, I don't know, a musician from uh, a Caribbean country, for example, I won't name this person, who says that someone in her family, uh, you know, his balls shriveled up because he got a vaccine. Then you have a bunch of people who support that artist who then think that the vaccine shrivels your balls. That's what science has become. It's become uh, an unfortunate rumor mill that is supported by thousands of people on social media. And politicians have taken advantage of this. Uh, Russian bots have taken advantage of this uh, because we all know that the disinformation campaign that uh, Russia led in our last election, they took advantage of American ignorance and they pumped a lot of bullshit into our social media atmosphere. People didn't even know that they were arguing with Russian robots, right? Um, so mm-hmm. there's this concept of science that has become sullied. Science in and of itself still functions just fine for everyone, right? All the same people who are denying basic proven stuff, uh, mm-hmm. like our, our boy that we rip up, uh, Kyrie, all the time, talking about the earth is flat. People that are challenging that kind of stuff, they still, like, I'll, I'll take it real basic, right? They wake up in the morning, they put toothpaste on their toothbrush. Right? Toothpaste was invented by a scientist. Okay? Hmm. It was a scientist who decided, oh, we could put fluoride in a paste because that won't kill you in small amounts if you put it in your mouth. And that, my friends, is science. Right? So, not to rip on Kyrie specifically, but all right, you don't believe in science? Don't brush your teeth. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't 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 do basic shit that science has proven to be safe for us. Because you have decided that, you know, science isn't a real thing. You can't pick and choose which things that are proven and then decide without a fucking science degree to just disprove them because you have decided to do that. That is how science becomes a dirty word. And between me and you, Don Pizzle, I mm-hmm. have had so many conversations with ignorant ass Americans over the past two years over scientific things that even me, like I, I consider myself to be a relatively intelligent person, Don, right? I'm looking shit up after I'm talking to people like, was I wrong? Because they're so confident in their bullshit that I actually question things that I know to be fact. And then I look them up and I feel a little bit better. But then after that moment, I'm like, wait, Nah, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's <laughs> wrong with that. Like I should, I shouldn't even have the instinct to do that. But that's that's what has happened to us. So, I I I, I believe that until we can find a way to remove the dirt from science, it's just going to get progressively worse. Because we already know there are holes in our educational system. We already know that there are people who have decided, I don't need to know these things because they don't affect my life directly. Therefore, I'm not going to pay any attention to them, right? And that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, willful ignorance has really played a part in a lot of the deaths that have taken place in the last two years or, or over a, a number of topics. 
I actually, um, you just touched on one of my fears. I'm going to get on in, back to, to science in a second, but one of my fears about what, what might happen is what you just said, because what we're seeing with happening in the educational system with history, where things that become politicized, then people take that political politicization. Whew, it's a hard yeah. one to spit out politicization yeah. of it. And, um, and if you've thrown that into gotten that involved in our educational system to not teach certain things, I'm highly concerned as someone who I did everything possible to to my education. My my uh, my college education was centered around science. I was planning on going on to med school after school. I did all the pre-med stuff and I like I focused on one of the reasons I loved Amherst was I could I could uh, we didn't have uh, the uh, what is it called? The the the, the pre requisites or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Common Core. You could focus on stuff. <laughs> while a lot of people went there to focus on the, on the actual liberal arts, I oddly went there to 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 not have to take as many history and literary courses and philosophy courses, and wanted to take just science courses because that was always my shtick. Um, and then you took Orgo, and then but, we had another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did fine at Orgo, man. I did, I did, I did fine at Orgo. I'm fucking with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in any case, that's a, a fear of mine is what happens then when people start taking this stuff and using it as a reason to like dial back on the science we teach. That's 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 going to get real concerning. But going back to your question, while you were talking and going and going ham on that one, because I know you're going, I know you're digging in when you you called me Don like three times while you oh, were talking, I did? Oh, and you that, never yeah, and you never actually good. called me Don. <laughs> so you must have been real real serious. That's what I'm saying. But um here's a definition of science that you were looking for knowledge okay. or a system of not oh first of all by miriam webster because that's who i use as my general reference for for all things pronunciation in the voiceover world and general things like what well, where would we be without my man miriam webster or woman man i think it's non-binary i, it's I, I have no men. idea i'm pretty sure i have no idea who miriam or webster are <laughs> all right anyway knowledge or a system of knowledge covering general truths or the operation of general laws, especially as obtained and tested through scientific method. Okay. Now I'm going to go on to scientific method principles and procedures for the systematic pursuit of knowledge involving the recognition and formulation of a problem, the collection of data through observation and experiment and the formulation and testing of hypotheses. Reason I wanted to look that up and read it beyond, beyond the fact that you asked it is I was mentioned before that I was at my high school reunion, right? Um, I, I I believe I probably mentioned this before, but the high school I went to, Regis High School, that's where Dr. Fauci went. Um, and we're we're meant mo for the most part, the majority of us are, are hugely proud of Dr. Fauci. In fact, in my reunion, um, in the in the school shop, um, where they encourage alum to go spend as much money as possible, in addition to donations that they get from alum, they want they had uh, they were selling some you know humorous like Dr. Fauci, um shirts that were i think they had his jersey number from when he was a point guard in in uh at our, on our basketball squad <laughs> nice. so um so one of the issues i had when i started seeing people like people out here really talking about dr fauci is evil and this and that and that he's stupid and like what i but the the reason when i when i had some of those conversations you had where i was trying to understand what are people talking about with this it boiled down to that they were saying that he said one thing one day or he, or by him, they, a lot of times they actually meant the CDC. They're like, they said right. one thing one day and one and a different thing later. So they're idiots. And right. this is where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe, maybe I did a lot more labs because I was so focused on science 
in in high school and college than other people like i'm trying to f- figure out why is it that people don't realize like a lot of the science that we deal with in real life i think is people people are accustomed to dealing with old science which is so yes. old that it's been that it's been proven so substantially that and replicated so substantially that it doesn't change as much right like toothpaste like you're talking great example like people aren't afraid of toothpaste because toothpaste been u- being used for a long time but go back however many hundreds of thousands of years ago, somebody one day had to be like, yo, bro, put this joint in your mouth, brush it around, um, gargle it, <laughs> let it foam up, but don't swallow it because then your orange juice and pineapple juice are going to taste real nasty, okay? <laughs> so you ever done that, by the way? <laughs> you ever made the mistake of brush your teeth and then drink orange juice? That yeah. Shit, that shit is disgusting. It's really gross. <laughs> I don't like, yeah, science, some, some scientists, tell, tell yeah. us why that works. Yeah, I, that's some science, you know. But my my point is that I think what I'm what I've started to realize I think people who aren't scientifically inclined, and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt here. I think what what we realize is there's a lot of people that aren't scientifically inclined that were the opposite of me and did everything possible to probably dodge those science classes and get and not have to be in those labs. Absolutely. So you don't realize that like they don't. I think they don't realize as much some of those people that science new science is about hypothesis, experimentation, test, proof, and then repetition to ensure that you can consistently generate the same results to determine something. When you're dealing with something like we were dealing with the pandemic where you got a new virus and vaccines and illnesses and protocols around all that stuff, you've got to deal with the with what you have as it comes along in terms of scientific method and determinations and understand that that shit is going to change as you learn more. And that doesn't mean that people are idiots. It means that they are applying scientific method to a real life problem in real time. Like, for instance, first time around that I had COVID, they said 10 day quarantine period. Now that joint is down to five days because they've been able to do more tests to determine what the timeline for being contagious and shedding virus is. Right. Things of that nature change over time. I don't consider people being idiots or wrong for that. I consider them being applying the knowledge that they have in a uh, from an from academic study and then using that as cautiously as possible to allow us to be able to gain some ground based on the knowledge we have and improve upon that as we go along. Yes, there are people who are taking advantage of their work, but the scientists are the good guys, folks. Stop hating on Fauci. Mm-hmm. Leave Fauci alone. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Fauci alone. <laughs> Shout out, Regis. <laughs> Word. Word. We opened up talking about Mother's Day, and we said, we, again, we know there's all this talk related to the concept of motherhood. And that is a scientific element along with a moral element, along with an ethical element, along with a religious element, along with a political element. It is complicated as hell. Before we even address that, I got a question for you. Okay. And this, this, pertains, this pertains to more than this topic of um, women's rights and abortion and all that. But I'm just kind of curious why... Is it 
that's why do you think people feel the need? Some people, why do some people you think feel the need to tell other people how to live their lives? Just in just 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 as a general sentiment. I'm not throwing this out there to be like an instigator. This is something I started delving into my let my mind started wandering on because as as if anybody who listens to this podcast knows, like I try to not look at all of these issues when they pop up in like I try not to be a prisoner of the moment, but look at how it falls into the landscape of the general theme in society. There's a lot of things that go on where people feel the need to tell other people how they live their lives. And I understand when it has to do with stuff that that could potentially harm you that other people are doing. I'm talking about when someone else is doing something that has no potential short term or long term negative ramification on you, your family, your friends, your life, your job, anything to do with you. But some people can't help themselves, but have to dictate how other people live their lives. Why do you think that is? Uh, I mean, <laughs> my answer for things like that is almost always uh, religion. And, you know, before we had systems of laws that were enforced by <laughs> governmental entities, we had religious laws. And without laws, Human beings are lawless, right, by nature. Um, and so religion in its early days served as a way to regulate society, right? You, you, you do right things, you live right, and you will be rewarded in the afterlife. And if you do wrong things and you live wrongly, then you will be punished in the afterlife. And that fear of punishment then becomes uh, you know, the equivalent for us to a fear of being arrested or being punished by our government. So when you take the religion laws aspect and you apply it to a modern society, what you have is people who think that they have a moral authority to tell other people what to do based on things that they think they know. The problem is. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that they think that they know, they don't actually know. And I'm speaking specifically about uh, the, the Abrahamic religions, right? We're talking Judaism, Islam, Christianity. There are some people who actually know how to practice their religions. I'm not going to, you know, badmouth everyone, right? But there are some people who have been thoroughly brainwashed by human beings not by religious doctrine, but by their religious leaders, whoever they are, right? Their rabbi, their imam, their priest, whoever they have been listening to. That's a person. And if that person just happens to have an ideology, then that ideology will work its way into his religious instruction. And then you grow up thinking that that stuff is actually based in religion. When it isn't, it's actually based in the ideology of the human being who taught you. And so oftentimes that kind of energy works its way into uh, the way that I interact with other people. So I have to tell you that you're wrong because you don't believe certain things the way that they're supposed to be believed. Like hmm. my, the, the best example I have is the way that modern-day Catholics have issues with their own pope, right? Mm -hmm. Because the pope 
is actually trying to practice that religion the way it feels like it's supposed to be practiced, the way it was practiced in history. And that is antithetical to modern day practice of the religion, which is inherently hypocritical. So Mm -hmm. they take issue with things like, you know, the the Pope is not nearly as anti-gay as they want him to be, right? The Pope is not nearly as, uh, we'll call it, I'll just use conservative for lack of a better way to put it. Um, So directly to your point, I feel like there are people who exist who think that they know better uh, because they were taught by someone who told them these things. And I use, I emphasize the word think because oftentimes they don't actually know better. They just think they do. So a couple of things to what you, what you had to say, say there. I, again, mentioning that I, I grew up, I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school my whole life until college. I, I consider myself a Christian or hold the Christian beliefs. And I don't, I don't go the direction that you just went in terms of blaming religion directly. And I don't, and I think you kind of, you kind of, you actually touched upon in, as in your elaboration of how more of how I feel, which is, I think the problem is that religion, um, the same way a lot of these topics we talk about are, uh, we, we've talked about the theme of how a lot of stuff is political theater and a lot of topics that topics that are easy targets for divisiveness are often used in politics, right? But mm-hmm. um, the more that, funny enough, the more that I've been narrating a lot of uh, recently, a lot of history lessons for for uh, for for school that I've talked about that I spent a lot of time narrating that <laughs> during the week stuff. I um, a lot of the the more and more that you read all of these lessons, you you get you get reminded that wow wow religion it's not that religion itself are is evil. Most religions are beautiful and teach the same loving things at their core. Religion has been used through history. Religion has been politicized and tainted by humans throughout history as a means of galvanizing people to feel better about some of the evils that they were doing when going out and conquering other people. Right. And it's been used as a means of galvanizing people for war, um, justifying war, justifying all these other political things um, where people and where people at the top have pretended knowing very well that they didn't care much about religion, but, but use, use religion as the symbol to which to get people to riled up and to follow them. And so that's why I said, I'm not, I don't like to, I, I kind of cringe when I hear religion taking the blame for some of these things, because I understand where that sentiment that you're expressing is coming from, but I know that it's not religion. It's, it's, it's religion that's been tainted by humans over time for, um, for specific means, specific evil intentions. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's my take on that. Now, um, moving on to, or not uh, moving on to my thought about why some people feel the need to tell people how their lives. Something I started thinking about more and more, and it kind of relates back to this science thing, right? So, science has been one of the greatest things aspects of of, of human human evolution is our ability to master science around us in our environment, right? Yes. And what that has created is a situation where many humans have gotten, have had the, the 
privilege of growing up in a, in a world where they are far removed as a result of science from basic survival instinct, basic survival needs, excuse me, what food, shelter, water, right? Those are the ba- the basic needs. And I think my, and this is just my own theory, but I think that the further people get away from the basic survival needs, the more bored they get in life and search for <laughs> ways to make life meaningful to them. Like, yes. this is why you see, like, why is it, why is it that, why is it that you see so many such high rates of, um, you know, depression, unhappiness, and I'm not talking about all like depression is sourced from this. Like there's that's it's much more complicated than that, but I'm saying in some instances in like where we've, and we've talked about this before, where we both observed that in some quote unquote third world countries, people seem happier at times, right? Where yeah. those people are fight are actually dealing with more basic survival needs on a daily basis. Um, but I think that, and for many that it turns into that boredom from not having to even can work for your survival anymore, I think leads to them trying to figure out and find meaning for life and to them. And that's when those, they become susceptible to those individuals that I was talking about who knowing that weakness that is falling in people who are searching for meaning in their lives, know that they can galvanize them through the using religion as a cover-up for mm-hmm. getting those people to be the ones to do some of the legwork of trying to dictate how other people should live their lives. If it was just religion and you were just worried about um, how it affects the afterlife, why are some people so concerned about other people who they don't give a damn about going to heaven with them? Right. <laughs> right? right for how selfish for how selfish people are about everything else in life people don't give a damn for the most part about anybody else in fact people spend their people in our society again in a capitalistic society which is basically based on competition people spend their life competing to be better than to have more than the other person say that you have more than the other person until it comes to people not going to heaven with you and then suddenly you're like oh no i need to make sure that all these people that I've been spending my whole time on earth trying to have more than and trying to trying to keep them down. But I want to make sure they come along for the ride. So I got to tell them how to live their lives. So they come along and come up to heaven with me. Right. Is it like, isn't that weird <laughs> <laughs> to me? That's just illogical thinking. The following is a public service announcement from your friends at the beat Orm podcast, because we care about you, the public. We're committed to service. And we just love making announcements. You and I are both aware that the majority of our righteous media listeners consider themselves independents and free thinkers who don't like to be part of the partisan political agendas at play in our society, right? Yeah. So um, I want to get back now. I want to I finally talk about this, um, I guess, this Roe v. Wade issue that's popped up in our society, but I want to discuss it on a level that falls back on my major back at Amherst, which is one of the sciences, psychology. Um, are you familiar with the phrase cognitive dissonance? Uh, yeah, I am. I am. What does cognitive dissonance mean to you when I say that? Um, it's, uh, like, uh, a state of, we'll call it, Mental confusion, where you hold on to two contrary ideas simultaneously. Is that right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, I uh, this one I actually looked up before the pod, so uh, it did some work again. Here, the definition by Merriam-Webster of cognitive dissonance, psychological conflict resulting from incongruous beliefs and attitudes held simultaneously. Wow, so that. pretty much what you what you said there. Bravo, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, you should be a teacher. I know, right? <laughs> Somebody should pay me to educate the youths. <laughs> um, so anyway, why do I bring this up? I think it's important to understand cognitive dissonance for many things. I want to, I want to, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while because it's going to come up. It, it, it's a theme that's in the backdrop of a lot of the topics we talk about. Cognitive dissonance is important because it explains why, in my opinion, being hypocritical is a very strange thing. It's very strange for people to exhibit <laughs> hypocritical behaviors and actions because that means that you are likely causing internal conflict in your own brain. And, th- and if internal con- conflict resulting from cognitive dissonance doesn't actually affect you and make you stop and, 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 and shift and change in some way, then I don't know if I can hang with you because it means you're prone to erratic and inconsistent decision-making and actions. Right. Because somehow you're immune to cognitive dissonance. And I actually feel the opposite. opposite. I am hypersensitive to cognitive dissonance in my own brain. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and when I see it happening around me. So that's why I, I've said it many times on this pod. I don't give a damn if you got opinions that are different from mine. Great. I feel like those are learning experiences because some, at some point I'm going to be proven wrong and learn that, wow, my opinion about something was off and I, and I need to level up. However, however, (laughs) hit him with, hit him with the, however. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't, I can't level up and learn and shift and change my opinion when your opinions about things aren't consistent with the previous opinion you expressed about something else. That to me, it just shows a lack of, 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 of a common level of logic that we need to agree upon in order to um, have ongoing discussions with each other. And I think that's why you and I can have ongoing discussions because like we, for the most part, are consistent even in the stuff that we may not agree about we're consistent with our disagreements <laughs> about yeah, things if we're yeah. and we, we learn from each right. other too so you know yeah. that and that's that's an important element of it right like have an ability to yeah. to evolve in your in your thinking yeah so so now hold back hold on to that thought because i'm going to come back to this whole cognitive dissonance thing so i'm finally going to talk about a couple of these things and now first of all i want to i want to talk about Oh, this uh, this whole Roe v. Wade topic that has somehow come back up in society, but um, I want to talk about it. We before we you and I can talk about it, we need to acknowledge one very important thing. Yeah, you and I are both men. Right, we happen to have right male genitalia. We identify as men. We use male pronouns. Go ahead. So I don't necessarily think that our i don't think our opinions on a moral or ethical level bear substantial weight or should bear substantial weight to to the degree that some men want their opinion away like from an allyship standpoint we should become more informed of what of the issues at hand for the for women and women on our lives and again i'm trying to discuss this from a standpoint of i'm not telling you what opinion to have but we as a, as men 
this is one that we need to do more listening, more learning, and less enforcing of telling women how they should feel about this topic that affects them way more directly than us. Yeah. Now, I'm going to, uh, now going back to the term pro-life. Okay. Um, so excellent branding, the term, by the way, Republicans. Exactly where I'm going with this. Thank you. So okay. pro-life in terms of the phrase from a purely marketing standpoint, I think it is a great strategic political tagline because it causes cognitive dissonance in you as a human being if you don't support it. Right. 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 Because you start saying you you with that, you won't you're not saying this out loud. This is subconscious. People need to realize this cognitive dissonance, of, dissonance stuff is very subconscious, powerful stuff. Does it mean that I'm against life? That's powerful psychology at play. This yeah. is beautiful. And this is de- this isn't even our politicians now. This is decades and decades ago when this first stuff first came up. Beautiful use of of terminology for political standpoint. Um, because it's essentially targeting anyone who harbors, quote, unquote, pro-life beliefs for their own decisions, but who may believe that freedom of personal choice supersedes that <laughs> and convincing and convincing those, but convincing those people that subconsciously that those two philosophies can't coexist. Right. Thus creating cognitive dissonance, cognitive dissonance. in the minds of those individuals. If they choose the quote unquote pro choice side. You see what I did there? With like laying it. this con- laying the groundwork of this con- cognitive dissonance stuff on you. I, I, like I, I, I there's a method to my madness, my man. I see. It. So I see it's it. the strategic, it's this, it's the strategic phraseology around all of this and the subsequent psychological warfare at play that I find both fascinating. When I say fascinating, I don't mean like it's not that I'm entertained by the arguments that are going on, but right. like again, because of my love of science from, and psychology, science. I find it fascinating yeah. and problematic. Yeah. Right? In yeah. fact. I think it would be wise, and many people we already do do this already. But I think it would be wise if the people on the pro-choice side of things stop falling into the trap of referring to people on the other side of the debate as pro-life, since the majority of people on the other side very much value life as well. So. What I think we can do now that you and I have been having this banter, this fairly serious banter, and we, 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 as much as we like to keep it serious, this is still beat on, bro, and we can't get mm-hmm. too serious. So, no so, um, I think we can have some fun holding other men accountable who feel the need to chime in and dictate to women one way or the other what they should or shouldn't do. So, I'd like to n- introduce a new segment called the Hypocrisy Checklist. <laughs> I, uh, I actually wanted to call this the, 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 the nerdy side of me wanted to call this the cognitive dissonance checklist, but I feel like, uh, that, like that, that, that's a, that, that, that's not catchy. That's not very catchy. Talking about strategic marketing. (laughs) So we're going to call it the hypocrisy checklist. So I'm going to start out with one. I I want you to throw them out there as they come to you, my man here, because I obviously, I, if. <laughs> is you a hypocrite if i like to uh um so shout out to my sisters uh natalie and amy when i was talking about um when i was saying that men need to listen to women before i decided before i even decided 
for myself whether I thought we should broach this topic at all. I had to, I had a long conversation with my sisters about how you and I as men can have a conversation about this. So uh, they started this hypocrisy checklist with me, uh, but I'm not going to go in any particular order. But just so, uh, I got their blessing on, on talking about some of this stuff. So um, and anyway, the first one, we all we've seen a lot of the memes about this. And, it, you know, if this one's a little serious, it gets into the vaccination thing. And, and again, we've talked about this before. I got no problem if you're an anti-vaxxer, as long as you understand the social accountability that comes with your existence and role that you can play in human society as a result of your choice. Right. We talked about that. before. What I do got a problem with is if you were someone who was anti-vax and your reason for being an anti-vax, your justification is that the government shouldn't dictate, can't dictate what to do to your body for the protection of others' lives. Right. Great. That's your philosophy. You can have that philosophy. I don't hate you for that philosophy. You just best to not be telling women what to do with their bodies for the protection of someone else of someone else's life. Because that makes you hypocrite. A hypocrite. <laughs> Thank you. Hypocrisy checklist number one. Now we move on to something a little. Some of these are going to be serious. Some be a little more lighthearted, right? Is so that's an example where if <laughs> yeah, because you bet you just, in my opinion, you better care as much about lives that already exist on this planet as those that are, are not existing yet independently and self-sufficiently from their creator, their physical creator, not their spiritual creator of, in God, depending on your beliefs. Right. Mm -hmm. But their biological creator. So next one, I got another argument that comes into this whole thing when I'm listening to all sides again. Grew up, I went, I grew up a Christian, learned all the Christian lessons about the miracle of life. And what makes it so complicated on to have as a Christian for all this is, is going back to science. Science, no matter all the testing they do, science can't figure out for us when and define for us when life begins. That is one of the most miraculous unknowns. And that is what complicates this topic to such a degree that I, which is why I don't even want to get into the, like what our personal opinions are one way or the other, but again, just hold people accountable to the hypocrisy. If you fall back on the argument of life starts at the cellular level uh -huh. from a scientific basis, right? I'm with <laughs> you on that. I'm with you on that. If that's, if that's, I mean, I, I'm with you on, I, okay, I'm with you. Let me, let me, let me dial it back. I'm with yeah. you on your, your attempt to apply some scientific understanding of how cellular multiplication occurs. Okay. I just happen to know about science. Even I just, my scientific knowledge goes even deeper than that. I know that that cellular activity began with sperm in a man and an egg in a woman and a woman. So I now, speaking to the men out there, say that if you are going to fall back on that belief of when life of the cellular life beginning, then you need to go further back as well, which means no more. You better not be ba ma ba masturbating or ejaculating outside of procreation, which right. in fairness, many religions do. But this is where I where we're making a hypocrisy checklist, because a lot of the people, if you're going to fall back on some of those very highly conservative religious values, you better be living them out on a daily basis. And I just have a feeling I just have a feeling that there's a lot of chronic masturbators out there trying to tell women 
what to do with their bodies, falling back on the basis of when life starts at the cellular level. And I'm telling you, you're out there killing like millions of little millions. guys. Millions. 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 Y'all are mass murderers. <laughs> <laughs> By your own one, definition. And as far as I'm aware, as far as I'm aware, women aren't, 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 aren't actually committing murder to the degree that men are in that, in that case when they're uh, pleasuring themselves. They're not at all, actually. Uh, and yeah. just so for people who don't fully understand basic science, we have millions, millions of potential lives. They have one. Okay? So when you, and, and, and you don't, it, women don't drop eggs when they come also, dumbass men, if y'all didn't know that, right? <laughs> so just to be clear, y'all are out there defining life at conception. When I'm going to take it a step backwards. If that's how you define it, then life started when you bought that chick her first drink at the bar, okay? That's when life started because that was the beginning of the life cycle, all right? So if you want to you take it, I'll, I'll take it to the next level. We need to make masturbation illegal, Piz, right? Because that way, mm. men can understand how it feels to have something that they do regulated by the government when the government has no business regulating that particular action. And I, I don't, the, the, the debate between conception versus uh, implantation, which I think is the word, I might be fucking that up, but like the, the, way that the, uh, the way that the pills work is it prevents the uh, fertilized egg from implanting, right? So, if you're saying that as soon as sperm touches egg that that's a baby, then I take issue with you because there's no way to know when that happens. It happens at different rates for different people, but the implantation step is the step where it actually starts to grow into the child. Am I right about this? Am I, am I, am I somewhere close to accurate on this? Um. We need a we need a a, a, a more high level birth scientist <laughs> than me Look, on this one. Honestly, but you sound right to me. You sound matter. fairly right it, to me. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not important. It's not important to my argument because the argument stands. Y'all motherfuckers are murdering millions according to your own definition because all of those little things could be babies that you're squirting into your fucking gym socks. All right. Yep. <laughs> now again. I want to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to beat this, this, that, this caveat out there. This is my little legal disclaimer. I'm going to oh, you, beat it down beat continuously it? so that people, beat it? so that people understand. So <laughs> dude, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute to see what you were doing there, you dirty bastard. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, point is, my disclaimer. I, again, I am not attacking anybody for their belief on one side or any other, the other of this aisle. I am, but we am called, we are calling out the hypocrites, calling out the hypocrites. All right. Or giving you a checklist, you, man. giving you, giving you a checklist to not be a hypocrite. Go ahead. We got to talk about uh, the second amendment people, because a lot of those are the same people that are beating this drum. Right now. 
The Second Amendment in and of itself, I got no problem with words on paper. I have a problem with the interpretation of the words on paper, which some people have taken to mean I can own as many guns and as many bullets as I want, and I don't have to, I don't, I don't even need a background check. Like, I don't need anything to protect other people. And this is the whole problem. Mm-hmm. Because your whole argument is, well, we're pro-life because we want to protect people who don't have voices to protect themselves. You know who doesn't have voices to protect themselves? The little nine-year-old girl who gets shot by a stray bullet. She didn't have a chance to protect herself. She needs to be protected too. Why aren't y'all working that hard to protect those people who are already living, to your point, Pizzle, right? Who have already passed our life determination. So there's no confusion about whether it's a life or not a life. This is a, a child. Why, don't, why aren't y'all trying to protect those people? Why aren't you trying to protect, you know, people from getting gunned down who go to a concert in Las Vegas, right? From some psycho who decides to illegally alter the guns that are currently legal so that he can shoot from his hotel window, right? Talk to me about cognitive dissonance on that level where you're pro-gun but you're pro-life. There's something fundamentally broken right there, bro. I need a drink on that one. And that, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, I see that one. You got that one got you worked up, worked up too. Ooh. But you actually, you just, you just took me into one of my next ones. It's like you, you in my brain here. Um, I have written down on my list. You better not believe in lethal self-defense. Word, because because you obviously don't believe in taking a life to save a life um, in situations where there is a threat to one's life. Now, the reason I say that is because, again, after taking the time to educate myself, and even I already knew this to an extent, but re-educating myself in the last week or so on not only the long and sad history, but the present state of affairs as as it pertains to maternal death rates, even in our own country that we, that is one of the most civilized countries uh sorry i actually hate when people use the term civilized but we are one of the most (laughs) um technologically advanced modern societies on the planet we still have deplorable maternity uh death rates and prenatal care uh provisions right so if you if you believe in lethal (laughs) self-defense then that is at odds and should should again cognitive dissonance should come into play when if it pertains, if you are of the belief that you should dictate to women what they can or cannot do in a certain situation regarding this whole topic. Um, now, also to take it further, going going back to what I was talking about before that, basically, we're, we're getting at the heart that if you care as much about lives that already exist on this planet, uh, that if you care that you should care, excuse me, as much about lives that already exist on this planet as those that are not existing independently and self-sufficiently, like I said before. You, which means you should probably care about your own life to the degree of the life that you are saying you care, these lives that you're saying you care so much about. So, right. You should be drinking first off juice with carrots and, and, and uh, ginger and not. Yeah, exactly. Beer and not beer. So you better, you better not drink and drive because that is statistically shown to be putting other people's lives at risk. So I yes. can't see you out there drinking and driving if you want to go telling women what to do. 
about right. this. You also, while we're at it, you better not drink alcohol because Period. people fought hard to, to repeal prohibition laws so the government couldn't tell them what to do with their own bodies. And that alcohol is a pure toxin that you are doing damage to your own life with. Mm, right? Toxin. I also kind of probably like on a more kind of like residual impact level, I also need to need to see your name on a list to adopt a child. Word. Yo, um, Piz, um, one of my homegirls, she went to uh, one of the protests in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're out there with their dumbass signs talking about, you know, um, you know, protect unborn life, blah, blah, blah. So she asked every single person there, you know, have you adopted anybody? Have you adopted anybody? <laughs> you adopted any kids? She asked every single person, not a one, not a one. Either they wouldn't yeah. answer or they were like, get out of my face. So thank you. Con- continue. Because that's that's the yeah. real And shit. I say that, and I like that, it may sound like I'm like joking a little bit when I say it, but like that one is like one that I like, I'm firmly believe, like, like I said, it's okay for you to have the belief you have, but that is the next logical step. If you feel so strongly about this, you have to do, you have to take a look at what what it means the the impact of what you want what you want to occur in society means there's going to be a lot more children if there were all these if these people felt so strongly that they needed to make a decision to to uh, to terminate that life that's not something that people do like willy-nilly that's not something people anyone ever wants to do so many you may have many more people who if they felt that they couldn't sufficiently and um you know appropriately care for that life in the first place then they're they're going to be a lot more people who are going to then be putting those children that are born into uh, adoption homes, foster care, et cetera, right? So please, 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 please. If you are out there expressing that view, please take that seriously. Like actually look into like, what can you do to then help with some of the residual fallout that, that, that the impact that that'll have in other ways. All right. 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 Now moving on to some of my other ones. Um, you know what? Let's just let's just let's let's, let's just get to some something that that we can all feel here on this one. Because we were saying that you better not um, that you better care for your life as much as you care about these lives that haven't been born yet that you're talking about. So you can't be against the portion control on sodas and the healthy school meal mandates that have been that people have tried to roll. Like when people were up in arms about Bloomberg talking about the sodas. And and uh, Michelle Obama trying to get the the healthy school meal programs. Um, and while you're at that, you better not be frequenting all these buffets and fast food joints. I'm not a fast food guy, but I'm a bu- I'm a buffet. I got a I'm a buffet addict. I love me a buffet, bro. <laughs> so I can't be Wait. out there telling the ladies what to do with their bodies when I'm out there filling myself up with that sodium and fat that I know is gonna kill me. Right. I'm mean, doing. Why don't why don't we should have government mandated exercise programs, right? Why don't we just go full on fucking uh, Gilead and just regulate everything? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not. There, there's a lot of, and I, I I will take issue. Like there are a lot of Democrats on TV talking about the slippery slope, and I just want to say, uh, shut the fuck up, um, because we have enough to deal with with this one issue than to be worrying about uh, Republicans trying to take away all of our rights. You Democratic politicians, shut up and focus 
Because this problem that we're dealing with right now, it's your fault. Y'all should have taken this issue more seriously before Trump. Okay? Before the Republicans decided that they were going to hold a Supreme Court seat hostage. And now we're in a situation where human beings, civil rights are being threatened. And this is to your point from earlier. You and I are both men, but we can speak confidently on issues of civil rights because civil rights are civil rights, regardless of which group you ascribe to, right? So yeah, we're both black. We're both passionate about black civil rights. I'm passionate about all civil rights. And this is one of the few instances, again, we do want to emphasize it hasn't happened yet. But if the Supreme Court actually rolls back a human right, it will be the first time that that's ever happened. And it's important for us to recognize that as a thing. If we are the kinds of human beings that we continue to try to tell the rest of the world that we are, I'm talking about Americans, because we spread, uh, you know, the concept of American freedom everywhere. We want everybody to be like us. If y'all don't understand that the difference between the left and the right right now is so great, and it's almost as sharp as the divide between the religious and the secular, just bringing our whole argument back together. America has one of the sharpest divides out of all Western nations between people who think the country should operate in a more religious fashion, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. dramatically higher. Uh, According to recent reports, uh, 19 percentage points higher than the next closest Western nation, okay? If this is to be believed, then what we're really witnessing is a minority of Americans experiencing a sense of movement toward a secular society, and this is the backlash. We can't let America become secular, so we have to install more religious doctrine into our legal atmosphere. It's cognitive dissonance in a state that is built on this concept of a constitution, which is very clear about stating the separation between church and state. I go, since I'm not an alarmist like you, but since, or I'm not as alarmist as you. In fact, like, if anybody who's been listening to us for all these weeks knows, like, I don't get alarmed. I get intrigued. And then I, and then I let my mind run wild with the what ifs kind of like, what ifs, (laughs) like the theoretical stuff. And then, and then I let you get, get alarmist on my behalf. Um, (laughs) But, but. Let's say what if. What if? Because I did see a lot. I I saw some of these alarmist posts that you're talking about, about people being like, well, then they're going to take away all the rights and we're going to be at civil war again. (laughs) So I was reading that stuff. And while I was reading that stuff, I told you all the beginning of the podcast. I just I I just I'm in the, the final stages right now of recovery from my second fight with COVID. Right. And those first couple of days you got COVID, man. They uh they you start you feel your mortality a little bit. 
And then I'm reading all these people talking about this is going to be the end of all of these rights and we're going to be at civil war again. I was like, well, I was like, Justin going to get mad at me, but how the <laughs> hell am I not supposed to be thinking? What am I going to do if, if this, if we now end up in civil war and everybody's fighting and it's a freaking apocalyptic situation again, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and when, when this really hit home for me, what, what were you going to say? They're, they're ready for this already. <laughs> the people okay. are ready for this. So so anybody who's been through this, uh, you know, not even COVID, if you just gone to the doctor for any illness, like she hit me with, after I got the test, she saw that like, yeah, you know, I tested positive. I got the symptoms. And, uh, you know, luckily she's like, your symptoms are mild. You're vaccinated. You're boosted. You're going to be all right. She was like, you don't need any like of these mega new treatments, but go, get your, you know, your, the, your, over-the-counter Regular. medications of preference. Okay. Yeah, treat treat your symptoms. Get a lot of rest, a lot of fluids. You'll be all right. So, got me thinking. If this apocalyptic Civil War modern-day situation breaks out now because of all this crap going down. Right. And you you and I, we we've watched all these movies about this shit. There's always, there's always a scene in every one of these movies where they got to get to town and raid the pharmacy. Right. 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 To get to get the medical supplies. Absolutely. Obviously, you're getting your you're getting your band-aids, <laughs> you're getting your alcohol, you're getting your benadine or whatever, you're getting your gauze, all that stuff. We're not gonna worry about any of those wraps and topical stuff. But okay. I wanna know. You are trying to survive. And you get to build your own pack. You ain't gotta worry about anybody else. You ain't for this. Everybody got to, but like. You're all you got. All we got room for now, after all that other stuff you gathered and the food you gather and all this stuff, you got room for three oral medications <laughs> to get you to get you <laughs> the longest <laughs> time to live in this apocalypse and survive. Um, and we, you know, to we're gonna label, we're gonna call this one. This is this one is definitively a zombie apocalypse. In case that, oh, in case that right. matters, right? So okay. this is, so this is going to be another zombie apocalypse. All right. Um okay. What three oral medications this can be over the counter pharmaceutical grade etc for <laughs> you Justin Turner to be able to maximize your survival potential in this scenario what are you putting in your pack? All right. All right. Uh the the first one is easy. Anybody who knows me personally knows that I'm allergic to the entire planet. So <laughs> truth, truth. <laughs> <laughs> I got I gotta get some allergy meds. Um and my, my allergy med of choice happens to be uh Alivert, which is uh it's dissolvable and it solves most of my problems. Wait, first of all, did you just say your medicine of choice is me? Yes, I take I <laughs> take Don Elevert? I take Don Elevert's. <laughs> <laughs> the shit really is called Alivert, though, um, and you know, as an allergy avert, very clever, right? Um, ah, okay. Yeah, so it's uh, I would definitely try to find some of that shit. Uh, either that or or the Flonase, whichever one I can get. I'm getting one. Of those allergy joints. You did say oral though. Flonase goes up the nose. So I'm mm. a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm I believe that's 
Is that oral or is that that's olfactoral? Yeah, is that a word? <laughs> olfactoral? I know nose stuff is olfactory. Glenn yeah. like stuff, but like I'll go with the aliver. Somebody's I'll, gonna have I'll to help stick, us with that one. I'll, I'll stick with the rules. I'll stick with the rules. I'll go with the aliver. Okay. Um two. Uh oh, we talked way, about this. Na- na- nasal, not olfactoral. Why are we coming up with complicated words for something? Yeah, nasal, <laughs> my bad. Um yeah, olfactory is about smell, right? Not necessarily about the nose yeah. itself. Um, I think so. All right. Anyway, uh, second, I'm going with, uh, I'm going with. Um, oh yeah, we we talked about this when you told me you had COVID. I was like, yo, you get that Theraflu? Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, bro, I just told you I got COVID. I ain't got the flu. <laughs> word, word, word. I'm Theraflu is my shit because it tastes like tea. I love hot drinks when I'm sick. So, you know, in the apocalypse, you can still boil water. Um, so I'm going with the Theraflu. Oh, I should also mention that Alivert, like you said, zombie apocalypse. God forbid I fucking sneeze or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, that'd be the dumbest way to fucking die in the apocalypse because you sneeze. So, oh, wait. So, actually, you might be all right. You could, you might do all right in a zombie apocalypse, but one of these days, I got to hit you with a, a quiet place apocalypse. One of them oh, joined, like, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got two. I need, I need one more. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, all right. Me, so, you got Alivert, and what was your yeah. other one? And uh, and the Theraflu, the Theraflu, and the Theraflu. Okay, what's in right. the Theraflu? Do you know? Like what? What's I, actually it's, like? It's there's a lot of shit. I know acetaminophen is the is the active ingredient, but um, okay. there's there's like a bunch of there's a bunch of joints in there. Um, okay. Third, I'm going with I'm going with uh, some kind of anti-inflammatory. So I'll I'll take uh I'll take I'll take some kind of ibuprofen. I'll take Advil. There okay. we go. Nah, fuck that. Fuck that. I'll take um, I'll take Excedrin because Excedrin also has caffeine in it. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're in the apocalypse. Dehydration might be an issue. Dehydration causes headaches. Excedrin will handle that. I'm good. Hmm. I'm good. Is Excedrin an anti-inflammatory? I didn't. I didn't realize that. Excedrin is uh. What the hell is it? It's uh, I think it's acetaminophen plus caffeine, if I'm not mistaken. One of those. I got no it's idea. It's one of those shits plus luckily, caffeine. Whatever. I'm taking that. Luckily, knock on wood, I'm uh, I'm one of these people who doesn't really get headache. Like, if you ever hear me say I got a headache, like there's a problem. Like, and that's what actually funny enough. I knew something was wrong uh, about uh, earlier in the week when my I got a headache. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh. Because I luckily I'm not and like it was, it wasn't I got other I got I got enough other physical ailments, but like um and uh and and my lady suffers from migraine. So it's funny when we talked about she and I talked about this topic this topic, she had a like she's one of them people who like a migraine medicine is a must. Like it has to come, otherwise she ain't gonna she's not gonna make it. Right. Um that's why I thought this was an inter- this is an interesting question because it's very it, you you would think this would be something that people would universally agree upon or, uh, what's needed, but it's very, this is where you find out everybody got some thing. Everybody got some thing that you don't even know they they pop into something for. Word, um, word. So, 
All right, go for it. And just so people know, Justin wasn't exaggerating when he said he's alert. Like, I get, I get a pet dog. This dude's like, yeah, I, I got, I can't, I can't. You gotta let me know you got a dog because I gotta, I gotta take my allergy medicine to give you a good dog. I'm like, oh, all right, my bad. I got a dog, and then I don't have the dog, and then I get a cat. This dude's like, ah, oh, I'm allergic to cats. I, you got, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and then, and then I ain't got a dog or a cat, but I'm eating some shrimp fried rice, and this dude's like, ah, oh, I can't be around you if you haven't uh, 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 shellfish. Because <laughs> if that touches my my air, <laughs> word, 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 it's real, it's real, it's real, people. Y'all don't know the struggle is real. Some of y'all know, but it's real, man. I got a the whole world trying to kill me, like silent. That's the problem. Death. Like God, God made you mad tough on the outside, and, so he's like, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to yeah, make I'm, you. I'm, I'm weak bitching sword. on the inside. Word, I am. <laughs> It's terrible. It's fucking terrible. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> All right. All right. To wrap this up. Here, here's, what, here, here's what I'm going with. So, um, you know me. I got uh, my, my, my love for, for pickup basketball took a toll on me. So, I got a uh, surgically repaired knee and ankle. So, same, I, I both got some arthritic shit going on. So, I need, I need an anti-inflammatory as well, right? Um, I'm rolling with. I'm rolling with uh, a leave or I'm actually, I'm going to try. I'm hoping we in a pharmacy where I could get like the, the pharmaceutical grade naproxen sodium, which is yeah. basically a leave on, but just like the strong, strong oh, one. Steroids. Because, yeah. because <laughs> that joint is, because that, because, because that is actually, uh, you could take that more long-term than Advil from what I say. Yo. And if you listen into this and taking anything we're saying as like medical advice, like then you haven't learned anything about anything we talk about. <laughs> like, <laughs> Please, Facts. this is not a. This is not, there's a reason this pod isn't called Web M B Dorm, right? <laughs> All right, good, good, good. So next, there's always a situation like usually when they're raiding the the pharmacy in these movies for some reasons because nobody thought to go to raid the pharmacy until somebody got a deep infected wound that 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 is about to go septic and they're going to have sepsis for y'all that don't know that I know that phrase, not only because of being familiar with medicine, because the, the, I almost died. And then almost luckily uh, uh, was saved from having to have my leg amputated because I sprained it. It got infected in college and it went septic. And basically that's when you have like an internal flesh eating bacterial infection. It's nasty. It's painful. Left me with no cartilage in my ankle. So Lesson learned. We gotta we gotta have some some. I need some generalized antibiotic. I need an own an ain an ean or a cillin of some type that we can pop like Tic Tacs <laughs> and prevent sepsis. Word, I got okay. you. Yeah, and then like I know we're in. I know we're com- we're in or coming out of uh, probably still in an opioid crisis in this country. So I'm not I'm not promoting frivolous use of opioids, but in this situation that we're talking about. I'm gonna need a maximum strain painkiller, strength painkiller of some t- type in case, like who knows? I sprained my bad ankle, right? And and the anti-inflammatories ain't gonna get it, ain't ain't helping. Like I need something strong. Um, I think I'm gonna roll with. I'm gonna grab some Percocets, but specifically because this is where I'm getting a little scientific on people and and taking a medicine that is a combination because that one is not only got the opioid painkiller in it but it also has um acetaminophen mixed in which will also if anybody develops uh, gets feverish um it can treat that too so i'm going to go for a 2 in 1 
with that Percocet. And uh, that's going to that's gonna roll go in my pack. Word. Shout out to Future. And Percocet. <laughs> oh Lord! Didn't I just didn't I just say we're not we're not promoting the frivolous use of Percocet? My bad, man? my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Um, couldn't re- couldn't resist exactly. <laughs> but shout out to hopefully not needing to uh, use anything we just came up with to actually survive the future. Or shout out to scientists <laughs> who, are, who are obviously going to invent the fucking uh, virus <laughs> that becomes the zombies <laughs> as we were defending scientists <laughs> earlier. Fuck you, scientists. <laughs> Coming full circle, <laughs> we shout out to the scientists and we predict the future and hate scientists. No, just kidding. We love the scientists. And to, to wrap it all, all up, speaking about predicting the future, uh, one thing I, I realized, just just for those of y'all loyal listeners of this pod, uh, if you listen to this pod, you realize that like while JT and I are having here having some fun, uh, it's uh you know some some intellectual slash sophomoric banter about these things. Like I don't know, man, we might we might be futurists. We might like I got that vo- I'm Haitian. I got that voodoo in my in my in my ancestry. Like um, if you listen to this podcast, you probably just heard in the last week that Kyrie, after they got eliminated, you probably heard him refer to himself as a martyr. Uh, I believe we had a conversation for talking about the fact that that's not the case before he ever even said that. And then you heard us on the last episode of the podcast. If you listen to it, having a conversation about some, some people thinking uh, who where progress for some people is defined as regressing back to the way things were. And it appears that is what, uh, some people literally might have listened to our podcast and been like, "All right, let's do this," <laughs> right? <laughs> and and they and they got after that, like literally dialing back some of our constitutional rights. So sure. I'm just hoping that JT and I are not as good at predicting the future as we think. Otherwise, y'all best to start making your apocalypse survival packs. And that sure. is another episode of the Beat Orm Podcast. Woo! Yeah. Have a good one, people. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pardon me. I still got that, that residual COVID cough. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what's up with science? Someone give me, someone needs to make a stronger, an even stronger Ricola than the Ricola I've been, I've been having. <laughs> <laughs> Powered by Righteous Media.